Thanks for listening to a new edition of Newport Beach in the Rearview Mirror. I'm Bill Abdel. Anyone know what this is, class? Anyone? Anyone? Anyone seen this before? Yep, it's that time again for a pop quiz on Newport Beach history. We have five great questions, along with five equally great answers. It's not the answers themselves that are that amazing, but it's the context, which we will provide plenty of here. I think these questions are a little bit harder than the first two quizzes, but we'll start off with an with a easy one. First question, what was the original name of Balboa Island? A. Snipe Island B. Newport Island C. Pelican Island or D. Irvine Island The answer is A. Snipe Island. It was named after the shorebird that are plentiful in Newport Beach. And I think that we all can agree that Balboa Island has a better ring to it than Snipe Island. Okay, now for some tougher questions. Number two. In 1893, the first hotel opened in Newport Beach near what is today the Newport Pier. What was its name? A. Newport Hotel B. Balboa Inn C. McFadden Hotel or D. Ocean Inn? The answer is A, the simply named Newport Hotel. It was built by the McFadden brothers, two of Newport Beach's founding fathers, and served as a landmark for the area for 30 years. By the mid-1890s, Newport Beach had become a popular tourist destination in the summer, attracting thousands each year, primarily from Pasadena, San Bernardino, Santa Ana, and other Southern California cities that had easy access to trains. The final leg of their journey would be on a train from Santa Ana down to its terminus at McFadden's Wharf, which of course is now the Newport Pier. Many visitors simply camped out on the beach at Newport, but for those wanting fancier accommodations, there was the Newport Hotel, where room and board would set you back 8 to $10, not per day, per week. And that would be about $315 today. Question number three. In 1916, Corona Del Mar's second developer, F.D. Cornell, attempted to change Corona Del Mar's name to A. Flower City B. Balboa Palisades C. Newport Heights D. Ocean Heights The answer is B. Balboa Palisades. At the time, Balboa was a hot tourist attraction for Southern California, and Mr. Cornell thought that he could ride those coattails a little bit to uh, to generate more interest in his development. But the few residents who own homes in Corona Del Mar objected, and he dropped the idea. He was, however, ultimately successful in renaming the north-south streets of the village after flowers and in alphabetical order, which remains one of the charms of Corona Del Mar today. In case you didn't know, here's a little fun fact about the flower streets. Poinsettia was originally called Pansy Avenue, but residents didn't like living on Pansy Avenue, so the city changed that in 1940 to Poinsettia. And I guess those residing on Narcissist had no trouble with their street's name. Question number four. In 1940, Newport Beach held a citywide election that asked voters, A, whether they would approve funds to build an Olympic rowing venue in the Back Bay. B, whether they wanted to change the city's name to Balboa. C, 
whether they would approve funds to build a bridge between the peninsula and Corona del Mar, or D, whether they wanted to name the pelican the official city bird. The answer is B, whether they wanted to change the city's name to Balboa. It turns out not everybody was fond of the name Newport Beach ever since its incorporation in 1906. The problem was the beach in Newport Beach. Detractors in the early part of the 20th century thought the word beach seemed too common, too cheap. One newspaper columnist wrote in 1940, quote, As the city started spreading its growth wings, people began discussing the fact that a beach name was not conducive to proper expansion. It was felt in some quarters that a more dignified cognomen, I had to look that up, it means a fancy word for name, should be applied. Other people just thought that Newport Beach was just too common, pointing out that there were more than 30 other Newports across the U.S. Behind all this, what was fueling this conflict was the tremendous rivalry between Old Newport, the community that grew up around the Newport Pier, and also wanted the harbor to be a commercial harbor, and Balboa a few miles down the peninsula that had become a popular tourist destination and wanted the bay to be a pleasure harbor. This rivalry came to a head in 1940 when an obsessed Balboa Island real estate agent named Earl Stanley set out to change the city's name because Beach, quote, cheapens our community and puts us in the same category with a dozen other beaches up and down the coast. He added that Newport Beach was, quote, a harsh and colorless name, while Balboa is a colorful, romantic name of Spanish origin, very appropriate to Southern California. Mr. Stanley gathered more than 1,000 signatures, which is about a quarter of the population at the time, to put the matter before voters and begin what was largely a one-man campaign to change the city's name. In ads in the Newport Balboa News Times, Stanley made a plea to voters that Newport Beach was already known nationally as Balboa, and the name Balboa was synonymous with recreation, water sports, and, quote, a happy and carefree life. He went on to say, with a straight face, that the name change would cause all sections of the city, Balboa, Old Newport, Balboa Island, and Corona del Mar, to unite harmoniously under one name. The special election had a 40% turnout, more than anybody had expected, and the measure failed, 1,014 to 581, so almost a two-to-one margin. Not surprisingly, only the Balboa section of Newport voted in favor of it. The day after the election, one newspaper wrote that, quote, although partisan feelings ran high at various times during the campaign, the election has left neither ill-feeling nor bitterness in the community. That may be so, but a lot of people still didn't like the name Newport Beach. Why do we know this? Well, less than a week after the election, city officials, including the mayor and directors of the Chamber of Commerce, met for breakfast and started tossing around other options for renaming the city. Why not, they asked, change the name to Newport Harbor, which would advertise Newport Beach's best feature. Then they thought they could have everybody on board using this device. The different sections of the city would be called Balboa at Newport Harbor, Corona del Mar at Newport Harbor, etc. Thankfully, I think, that movement went nowhere, and the Newport Beach name has remained unchallenged ever since. 
the next question and last question has to do with the Cronodomar Jetty. And let me just take a moment to tell you why I have become a little bit obsessed with this small slice of Newport Beach history. I've been to the beach at Cronodomar a bazillion times, and I'm sure looked at that jetty a bazillion times from the beach. I've walked Ocean Boulevard a bazillion times and looked down at the jetty a bazillion times on my walks there. And I've often walked the jetty from Pirate's Cove along that concrete stretch to where the rocks begin. And, and nothing ever clicked that this is a really strange jetty. It starts off with about 700 feet of concrete. And then just past the waterline, it changes direction a bit towards the west, towards the west jetty where, it's, where the wedge is. And then there's a thousand feet of rocks. Not to mention there's a little finger jetty at the base of the rocks that juts out into the harbor to block the waves during big swells. And, and, and nothing sort of clicked inside of me saying, like, there's got to be a reason for this bizarre looking jetty. And, and recently I stumbled upon the reason why the jetty looks the way it does. So let's get to the actual question. Number five. Why does the Cronodomar jetty start with 750 feet of concrete and then just past the waterline, change direction slightly to the west, and become rocks for the next 1,000 feet? A. The concrete section reduced the cost of the jetty during the Depression. B. The concrete section built by a self-dealing, arrogant, and incompetent city engineer proved problematic and the rock jetty corrected his mistakes. See, in the 1920s, the city couldn't find enough boulders for the entire jetty. Or D, fishing advocates lobbied for the concrete section for easier fishing. The answer is B, the concrete section built by a city engineer who had zero ex expertise in that area proved problematic and the rock jetty was built to correct those mistakes. Okay, some context. In the early days of Newport Beach, the harbor mouth with its shifting sandbars and large waves proved too often to be a death trap, causing boats to run aground or capsize and many boaters to lose their lives. These same conditions made Corona de Mar and the harbor entrance the best place to surf, probably in all of the mainland. At the height of his powers, Duke Kahanamoku, Olympic champion and the world's most famous surfer, made Corona de Mar his adopted home break in California, and Corona de Mar was known at the time as the Waikiki of California. But the city of Newport Beach had to tame the waves at the harbor entrance in order to save boaters' lives and have Newport Beach become recognized as one of the great pleasure harbors of the world. So in the mid-1920s, the city commissioned General Lansing Beach, retired chief of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, to survey the harbor entrance and recommend what work needed to be done. Among his suggestions, build a 1,500-foot-long rock jetty on the Corona del Mar side of the harbor and have it angle slightly toward the west jetty where the wedge is, and this would create a funnel and a scouring effect during outgoing tides to keep that bottom uh, deep. It seemed like a solid plan from a veteran of major public works projects. And in 1927, Newport Beach voters agreed and approved a 
dollar bond to get the work done. Now, when some Newport residents learned that General Beach wasn't going to supervise the building of the jetty, they came out to protest and the city council assured them that they were going to follow Beach's plans and he would be supervising from a high level and not to worry. But in fact, that wasn't the case. The city of Newport Beach threw out General Beach's plan and instead turned the project over to city engineer Paul E. Cressley. It's reported in many places that Cressley received some sort of commission by taking on this project, but 94 years later, what that commission was has been lost. Mr. Cressley, who was both arrogant and incompetent, decided that he knew more than the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers and General, General Beach, so he ordered a much shorter jetty, 750 feet long versus the recommended 1,500 feet long, and it would be made of concrete, not rocks, and it would run parallel to the West Jetty, not angled toward it. This design proved to be a disaster from the start for everybody but surfers. The way Cressley's jetty was positioned, it didn't calm the waves. It jacked them up and created insanely long rides as the waves broke for 750 feet against the perfectly positioned, for surfers at least, jetty. For body surfers, the jetty was heaven. They could walk out on the jetty, jump in the water, catch a wave, ride the waves along the jetty for 750 feet, walk over to the ladder that put them back on top of the jetty, and walk back to the end of the jetty, rinse and repeat. And it wasn't only surfers that loved the jetty. Kids did too because of a thick layer of algae that covered the concrete, and the kids turned it into a super long slip and slide. It took about seven years before the city of Newport Beach could dig up enough funds to correct the jetty, and they ultimately did just what General Beach said should be done. They added the thousand feet of rocks and changed the direction of the jetty so it ran slightly toward the west jetty, creating a funnel that kept the channel deep for boating. If you look at the harbor entrance on Google Maps satellite mode, you can plainly see the funnel that the two jetties created. Another benefit of the revised jetty was that it added about 200, 200 yards of sand to the beach. So the next time you go down to the beach at Corona del Mar, look at the jetty and you'll see that the concrete stops just below the waterline. And before the extension was added, the end of the concrete jetty was well into the surf line. So the jetty extension not only provided easy passage for boats into the harbor, but on the other side, added sand and made Cronomar a much wider beach. Thanks, General Lansing Beach, for the blueprint that worked. One final note, the botched jetty didn't go unnoticed by voters. In 1928, one year later, they voted out the city council, they fired the city manager, and they fired Mr. Cressley. All right, so there you have it. Pop quiz number three on Newport Beach history. Thanks for taking the test with me. Appreciate it, and we'll see you next time.